When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The rivalry in the NFC East as we wind up week three. Play action, Jones is brought down. Demarcus Lawrence is having a night. From 47, and this one is blocked. He's got big playability. He just hasn't had a chance. Touchdown, Giants. Elliott gets it. He's able to finish for the touchdown. Good answer by the Cowboys. One-handed try. He got it. And the Cowboys will leave New Jersey 2-1. <laughs> oh, Marcus Spears talking about how big a stage Monday Night Football is. Now it feels that That's way. That's what he was talking about. Yeah, huh? he was. Hey, we saw Cooper Rush, guys. All he does is win. Redemption for C.D. Lamb, too. More on that coming your way. Marcus Spears, Ryan Clark, Dan Orlovsky here. Later, Dan is going to show you why it appears Derek Carr is avoiding Devontae Adams. Got to get what? that one fixed. Yeah, like back to last night. Like I do you. What? He brushes his teeth. What's he talking about? Wrong Dan, with you may not, though. Uh, the Cowboys facing the Giants on Monday Night Football. Under five minutes left in the second quarter is where we're going to pick it up. The Cowboys ahead 6-3 on their own 48. And Cooper Rush, the play action. I love this in tempo, too. They went no huddle, got to line of scrimmage after a big third down conversion, and they get the crosser right to the left of the formation, hit C.D. Lamb right in the numbers. It's a bad spot sometimes. We'll find out how he would handle that later. Just over a minute left in the first. Giants trying to make something happen. Daniel Jones, what would you see there, Marcus? That is just phenomenal rush by DeMarcus Lawrence. A single, get your hands off, get around the corner, bend the edge, get him on the ground. Watch out when he's coming your way. Under six left in the third quarter, game tied at six. Giants and the Cowboys, 36. Saquon Barkley was on fire, RC. This is what you love to see. He was bottled up much earlier in the game. This is a huge play. He gets a crease, and you see that speed that made him a star in his rookie season. Giants go up 13-6 after that one, and then the Cowboys offense would respond. Three minutes left in the third quarter, Dan. Really good play action design. They leak the tight end from the edge of the formation out on the wheel route and then Zeke kind of sniffs the end zone right there runs through a couple tackles really good finish by 21. Amazing what you can do out the high formation on the goal line. <laughs> Look at that. Under 10 minutes left to play same score Cowboys first and 10 from the Giants 27 rush connecting to Lamb and that time he makes it happen. Dan. That's going to be a touchscreen Tuesday special. Let's Dude, go man. RC and Dan. All right rush throw into the back of the end zone there and and then Jerry Jones was able to talk this morning about both of his quarterbacks the Cowboys win a divisional battle. Well, let me say this. He's uh, uh, certainly uh, playing uh, as well as anybody could have expected. Has got the makeup uh, for a top, uh, top quarterback, and I underline the word makeup for a top quarterback. For Dak, as far as his ability to potentially function in a couple of weeks or a week or ten days or two weeks, three weeks, four weeks, I don't think you could ask for a better result. The type of injury it is, he'll be able to play within a week or two. I think his progress is nothing short of amazing. Now, for context, Jerry was creating a little drama last week in the lead-up to this game, talking about, you know, maybe they're going to just stick with Cooper Rush and have a quarterback controversy. What's funny over there? 
I'm just waiting on my brother oh, okay. to talk the All way right. he looked. RC, <laughs> did we underestimate Cooper Rush's impact on this offense? <laughs> I'm so tired of dang Jerry Jones, y'all. <laughs> Jerry Jones gonna say that man got the makeup of a top quarterback. It's on makeup. Ma Listen, it's a lot of people you that walk into this makeup room over here, <laughs> and when they come out, they look amazing, and they ain't look that way when they walked in. You guys but the are thing all is, wearing it makeup. don't change who they are. Yeah. Listen, we know who Cooper Rush is, and this is not taking anything away from Cooper Rush because what he's done is perform in the most critical moments of the game. Yeah. You look at his three starts, all of the last drives or the late drives in those games, he's produced points, whether it's field goals or touchdowns, he's found ways to win. But, y'all, this was the highest-scoring offense in the entire NFL last year. You know why they win? And you know why Cooper Rush can make the plays late in the game? Because they rush the quarterback like that's where all the money at. Yeah. Because that's where it is. Because they turn the football over. Because they found a way to run the ball as well. Is Cooper Rush doing his job? Absolutely. Because right. you know what his job is? Don't lose it. And every now and then, help us win it. But let's not act like this dude is saying that he's going to go get paid like Scott Mitchell did by the Detroit Lions mm -mm. years and years ago before Dan ran out of the back. Detroit make a lot of bad decisions about quarterback. Man, <laughs> come on. Go ahead, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's fair to say, though, listen, Cooper uh, Rush is not better than Dak Prescott individually, but the Cowboys with Dak Prescott are better because of Cooper Rush. You know, I, I think a lot of times early on in the season, offenses are trying to figure out who are we and who can we be. Mm -hmm. And through these past two weeks, who are we is more than Dak Prescott offensively. That's what they figure out. Is they, they are more than just Dak and who can we be. Somebody who runs their offense through what right now is the best run-blocking offensive line in the league. That, that's what the number and statistics say, that this Dallas Cowboy offense and their line is the best run-blocking line in the NFL. First off, you're one of the smartest humans I know. Right. So I'm going to ask you this question. Right. We're not thinking that the last two weeks Dallas has been better because they ain't playing Tampa Bay? No, no. I think what, I think what Dan said, how I took it, yeah. correct me if I'm wrong. Right is that you explore more because my big thing has been killing more has been better. Right. I think sometimes when you got Aaron Rodgers or when you got Tom Brady and I'm not comparing Dak to those I don't guys, know what you, mean. you you sometimes fold up your call sheet and be like, hey man, go do we'll your thing. We'll be okay. Okay. You know what I'm right. saying? I think that's what you're saying, right? Wait, we see but yeah, we yeah, see yeah. with all the listen, I don't think Dak is Justin Herbert, but we see that in LA. Uh, Justin will make it right. We see it in Kansas yeah, City yeah, with yeah, Patrick. Yeah. And what I'm saying is the things that you can learn when your best player, Dak Prescott's not there is, well, maybe we don't have to be so dependent on Dak Prescott. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe our offensive line is better because when you learn that or when you get run plays, those offensive linemen want to push other humans. So pass blocking is easier. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. And maybe the you. players say, we don't have Dak. We got to get through until he gets back. Maybe they want to play a little bit better or realize a little bit more of the onus is on them. Marcy mentioned some of the defense. Let's get to that. The Dallas Cowboys sacked yes, five times. Three of those coming from Demarcus Lawrence. Saw one of them in the highlight. The Cowboys recorded 24 pressures, the most by any team in a game this season. Any team in a game mm -hmm. this season, Swagoo. Mm -hmm. For the season as a whole, Dallas leads the NFL in sacks and total pressures. How they get all that pressure, though? No. Guess what, y'all? Get over Wait, there! Wait, you going to the board? He's doing it. That's three, two, Shout out to Judy. my man Usher. Watch this. <laughs> <laughs> let's go, let's go. Pull me up. 
Listen, I'm going to a touch screen because I'm inspired by Dan Orlowski. When I see something, I love him and RC on Tuesday, touch screen Tuesday. Let me get mine going. First of all, I want you guys to do this. I want you to count the Giants from center over. One, two, three, four in pass protection. Okay. Dan, watch me highlight. Magnified. They call this tight end right here yep. an overhang. Yep. This is an overhang guy right here on the end of the line of scrimmage. You yep. know why? Because Demarcus Lawrence has been whooping Evan Neal all game long. <laughs> so we're going to put a tight end here okay. to make sure he helps all right. the beauty of Dan Quinn. I like all right, that. let's That's go smart. here. Dan Quinn, what you going to do? First, I want you guys to understand what is happening with these two defensive linemen. This is called a TE game. That means tackle first okay. and come around. Okay. I want you to see protection. Over here, this back, I'm a circle. I ain't as good as Dan. This back, usually <laughs> protection slides away from the running back. Right. That's what we're taught as defenders. This is one, two, three, four guys that only seem to be protecting two guys over here. Demarcus Lawrence impact. Let me cut this off. I'm going to run the tape. Boom. Mm. Here's what I want y'all to see. Let me take it back for just a second. I want y'all to I'm, I'm gonna highlight this guy right here. Remember I told y'all about this overhang guy right yes, here? Yes, sir. This was the guy that they brought to be responsible for DeMarcus Lawrence. He ain't DeMarcus doing nothing. DeMarcus Lawrence is gone, okay? What, what should I do, coach? I don't know what the hell you should do. You should find somebody coming off the edge. Dan Quinn says, yes, I got him. <laughs> this, this guy right here is Donovan Wilson. Donovan Wilson came off an edge pressure safety blitz because this tight end and the coaching staff for the New York Giants knew that Demarcus Lawrence had been whooping this rookie tackle in Evan Neal. He brings a guy off the edge. Daniel Jones never recognizes Boom. it. Mm. I'm going to use my guy based off the information I've gained throughout the game mm. and understand that the Giants are never going to expect it with the overhang. Mm. I'm going to bring a safety off the mm. corner and get Daniel Jones. Yeah! Yeah! How'd I do, y'all? That was excellent. I'm not even doing that for TV. That, that was, was good. Excellent. I didn't really learn good. so much. Yeah, exactly. Yes, I just sir. learned something. Yes, sir. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead, Dan. What'd you think? I, I'm, for, the touch screen was great. Um, and I love the fact that you said, like, use DeMarcus. You saw the tight end, right? The tight end was like, where do I, where do I go? Yeah. Oh, gosh, I'm too late. I think the challenge offensively, if you're an offensive person playing against this defense, number one, do we have the people who could block everybody in their front? Oftentimes, it's like, do we have the person to block 99 for the Rams? Yeah. Aaron Donald. Yeah. We got to block Micah Parsons. You got to block Lawrence. And you really got to block um, Fowler a little oh, bit, yeah. too. Like Armstrong. Fowler and Armstrong. So, yep. do we have enough? And then, candidly, we got to have a number two receiver whoop somebody outside or opposite Trayvon Diggs. Because I don't feel great with that rush throwing towards Trayvon a ton. Mm. But he's going to be on my number one more often mm. than not. I got to have a really good number two. Mm-hmm. All right, guys, some bad news on the Giants side of things as injuries just seem to be happening across the board. Head coach Brian Dable said today that wide receiver Sterling Shepard tore his ACL mm. out for the season. Let's get to some more injuries. We check in on other situations around the NFL. As you see it there, we start with Mac Jones diagnosed with a severe high ankle sprain after injuring it late in Sunday's loss to Baltimore. It turns out the prognosis worse than originally thought with sources telling Adam Shepard that the injury would require surgery in many cases. Jones likely to miss multiple games. Dan, would you expect the situation to be any better when he returns? Absolutely not because this offensive line is still an issue. It's still a plan issue. It's still a communication issue. It's still an execution issue. If we looked at Mac Jones's game in his NFL career, the top three times he's been hit, two out of the top three times have happened in the last two weeks. He's been hit almost 40 times, or 40% of the time he drops back. I don't care if it's Mac Jones. I don't care if it's Brian Hoyer. I don't care if it's Lamar Jackson. That quarterback's going to take a beating behind yeah. this poorly 
prepared and poorly, poorly, poorly executing offensive line. We will see Brian Horry now. Let's go to L.A. where just this week the Chargers lost Rashawn Slater and Jalen Guyton for the season. Plus, there's concern with Joey Bosa's shoulder, but they did get some good news today. It looks like Keenan Allen will be back at practice this week. Marcus, what does having him back do for that it's offense? It's a huge deal, especially mm-hmm. in correlation with Rashawn Slater going out because Keenan Allen has been one of the most reliable receivers on third down yeah. in the NFL the last five, six years. Justin Herbert gets a comfort level with him being out. Sure. Obviously, understanding that your tackle is out, I got to get the ball out of my hands while I'm dealing with torn rib cartilage. Keenan Allen is going to help a lot yeah. when this when it comes to this offense, freeing up other guys as well. Man, they needed some good news, too. Hey, yeah. the Bills bringing cornerback Xavier Rhodes in for a visit this week. This after injuries to Dan Jackson and Christian Benford this season. RC, when the injuries stack up like this, you think that affects the locker room? It, it absolutely affects the locker room, and it affects the team. There, there's a reason you march the first 11 out on the field, and it's because the coaches, the organization, and the rest of the players realize they give us the best opportunity to win. And when you start eroding eroding away at that, you erode away at what you can call, at what you can do, the comfort, the chemistry, and the execution. The reason you love their safeties is because they're two all-pro players. You take one of them away, you ain't as good no more. And that's what they have to deal with. David Rhodes is a big pickup, but still, you have to find ways to create the same type of defense you had previously. Guys, Brown's defensive end, Miles Garrett, was discharged from the Cleveland area hospital on Monday after crashing his car. Garrett's agent said he did not break any bones in the accident that ended with his car flipped over. Highway Patrol said impairment by drugs or alcohol was not suspected and that both Garrett and the passenger were wearing seatbelts. Honestly, a relief to see yes, that he's okay, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, that stuff Real. is so scary. Hey, we got more coming your way on NFL Live, a packed Tuesday for you, and that means we're headed to the touchscreen. RC and Dan are going to talk about C.D. Lamb's fourth quarter drive, and R.C. explains why he saw this performance from C.D. coming <laughs> three Real years close. ago. Wait till you hear about this. Plus, another big week for Jalen Hurts and the Eagles. We'll tell you why our guys think this offense is game-planning nightmare and why they should be considered one of the best in the league. Man, Philadelphia's been on fire. And wait till you hear what they have to say about it. Dan's flying like an eagle. Okay. But he's wearing This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight. S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. 
Hey, we're just two days away from the start of week four, which features the Bengals versus the Dolphins Thursday night. Joe Burrow led the Bengals to their first win of the season over the Jets, thanks to three touchdowns he threw. After telling the Bengals fans all week long not to panic, Burrow and company came out aggressive, and it paid off. So our ESPN Bengals reporter Ben Baby is in Cincinnati in front of Thursday night's matchup against the Dolphins. There's some familiarity, Ben, between Joe Burrow and Tua Tungavailoa. What is their relationship like? Yeah, you know, Laura, we, I just asked Joe Burrow about that. We just got done with the press conference. And obviously, there is some history between those guys. Burrow and Tua played against each other in 2019. Burrow with LSU, Tua with Alabama. And I asked Burrow about what that relationship was like and have they talked since they, were, uh, since they played together in college. Yeah, I mean, we've been around each other. Um, he texted me when, when I got injured and... I texted him when he got injured, and so we've we've stayed in contact since since we played against each other last. What's it like to see him? You know, obviously kind of have a breakout year this year after everything he's been through. Yeah, he's playing well. It's exciting to see. You know, Burrow, when you talk to him, and I asked Zach Taylor yesterday about Burrow in primetime games, and he pointed out that, you know, Burrow doesn't really care which quarterback he's facing on the other side of the field. But in this game and in the whiteout game that we're going to have here in Cincinnati, it's going to be another member of that 2020 draft class. And both of these guys are going to be asked uh, by their teams for big performances in this game. Obviously, the Dolphins looking to carry that momentum and the Bengals looking to build momentum of their own, trying to get a second straight win after that 0-2 start. An interesting note about this game, like we mentioned, it is a rematch of that 2019 game, and when I asked Burrow about that performance, he said that the game that he had then when he threw for over 300 yards, had three touchdowns, posted an absurd 97.3 total QBR. That validated what he thought and how he was going to be that season, and we all know how it turned out with him get, being the number one overall pick and now leading Cincinnati to a Super Bowl. Yeah, I was there for that game, and we were all like, okay, wow, everyone talking about Tua coming into that season. It ended up being that Joe Burrow was more of the story. Thanks to Ben for that. And speaking of Tua Tungavailoa, let's talk about some of the news around the NFL right now as we read and react. Tua briefly left Sunday's game with what appeared to be a head injury, but head coach Mike McDaniel has since clarified it was a back injury. Let's hear what was said about that by Tua today. Yeah, I would say everything. Um, having to twist to hand the ball off, having to um, toss the ball, having to throw the ball, uh, every aspect of, of it. I haven't tried uh, today yet, um, but uh, before we go out there and do our walkthrough, we'll we'll get some uh, we'll get some throws in and see how it feels. He actually um, called me at like 10:50 last night. I'm like, dude, is everything okay? No, I'm just checking in on you. I'm like, all right, that was, that's fun. And so, uh, um, and just him talking to me, I can tell in his voice, he's literally going to do everything he can. Uh, I love the relationship between Mike McDaniel Dude, and Tua. Dude, everything okay? Everything okay? <laughs> RC, how important, though, was it for Tua's teammates to see him really gut out a win on that game? I thought it was extremely important. There, there are these different steps to leadership, and one of them is playing well, and we, we've seen him do that, especially the first two weeks of the season in the fourth quarter against the Ravens. But it's toughness, right? It's showing that you're just one of the guys. Every football player in the world, when he gets dinged up or he's banged up, is trying to convince the doctors and the staff to let him back 
back out on the field. Tua not only got back out on the field, but he produced in what was the biggest game of the season for the Miami Dolphins. That's another step to earning that C that's on his chest and also becoming the franchise quarterback of the Miami Dolphins. Glad to see that it was just a back injury. I hate saying it Jalen that Ramsey's way. Ramsey's back was hurt too yeah. when he was in Jacksonville before he came out. And there was also a security guard at the seaport that told me he hurt his back and it was also hard to walk. Mm, facts from <laughs> RC. Up next, Jameis Winston and the Saints who have put up just 24 total points in their last two games combined. They're both losses. Look at this. The Saints have scored a total of 13 points during the first three quarters of the games this season. That's the fewest in the NFL, if you're wondering. Big reason for that has been the struggles of Winston, who's averaged fewer than five yards passing per passing attempt during the first three quarters. That's worse than the NFL. So with the team trailing in the fourth quarter, Winston's taken more risks, resulting in a league-high five interceptions in the fourth quarter. Dan, that's kind of what we didn't want to see out of Jameis. What are you seeing issue-wise from the Saints offense? Number one, they miss Sean Payton. That's leading to their slow starts because poor game planning with their first 15, how to attack the defense. Number two, conversion ruining penalties. Second and eight happens. They get a first down, but here comes that penalty. Now we're in second and 18. Drive is done. The third thing, zero plan for zero pressure happening way too much. Against Carolina last week, who's a zero pressure team? You got seven guys coming in pressure, only six in protection. You have to know somebody's coming free. Does it look like the quarterback thinks that? No. The receivers aren't even looking for the football. It's third and eight, and no one is ready. There's no plan for if they bring zero. This is how we get the ball out of our hands to make sure we have a chance for conversion. This happened way too much on their tape this past week, playing against the team who brings zero in zero blitz situations. They got to game plan better early on. They got to figure out how to stop ruining drives with penalties that can, that hurt first downs. And they got to have better plans for pressure. Yeah, I mean, listen, with all those weapons on that offense, I thought we would see them off to a much hotter start. We'll see if they can get it figured out. Let's get to Russell Wilson and the Broncos, who struggled offensively in their 11-10 win over the 49ers on Sunday. And Marcus, last night, Russ, as well as our Dan Orlovsky, were both collateral damage during the Manning cast. Watch this. It helps to get a safety. It helps when Jimmy Garoppolo imitated Dan Orlovsky and step out of the end zone. That helps. That's how you kind of, that, that's, that's how you get a levity. They should have paid that punter $235 million instead of Russell. <laughs> oh, goodness. Um, okay, listen, funny jokes, obviously. <laughs> but what, what do you make, Marcus, of Russ's play three weeks into his time in Denver? Yeah, I think it's a correlation between the head coach being new to this and also Russell Wilson understanding that he needs to turn the clock back a little bit and mm -hmm. become more of a dual-threat guy than just trying to stand back there and deliver the ball. And he did that late in this football game, and that was the reason they were able to drive and make some plays. Listen, sometimes, as a veteran in this league, I've, I've challenged Rush. Go to your coach and tell him what needs to happen when you're on the field. But also, when you're in the games, players over plays. And Russ turned to his legs in a lot of these situations, third-down conversions, extending plays, and that was the reason Denver was able to go down and score a touchdown and take the lead in this game. He's going to have to do that. His coach is still figuring things out. Russ, you got to take over with your play. Yeah, you wonder what those conversations are like because I would have thought we would have already seen it happen. Yeah. We'll see what happens this week. All right, coming up, after food. a convincing win against the Chargers, Trevor Lawrence is showing us why he was the number one overall pick and other front offices should be taking note of what's going on in Jacksonville. We'll be right back. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. 
Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Our week four Monday night football matchup is an NFC West rivalry game between the Rams and 49ers, a rematch of last season's NFC championship game. What a great slate on Monday nights we have. 8 Eastern on ESPN, ESPN Deportes and the ESPN app. Peyton and Eli also back on ESPN2. Coverage begins with Monday night countdown at 6. Hey, man, you know who's been on fire, guys? Jalen Hurts. Alicia Keys. He was 22 of 35. See what you did there, Dan, for 340 <laughs> yards and three touchdown passes. He spread it out, too. Devontae Smith, A.J. Brown, Dallas Goddard. And by the way, Eagles fans are loving it. If you were watching the game, it was not a home game. It seemed like maybe it was for them. Marcus, what has changed for Jalen Hurts from last year to now? Shout out to my brother talking about this last year, about Jalen not throwing with anticipation and always wanting to see guys mm. open before mm. he got rid of the ball. Sure. He's become more aggressive, yeah. pushing the ball down the field. And that only becomes – that only happens when you go into the offseason and you're intentional yeah. about yeah. that type right. of work. And that's something we lamented True. about with Jalen Hurts is that he's going to work to become a better quarterback. Part of and it now, is, too, like, I'm going to trust you with the ball. Exactly, right? exactly. Mm. So, Devontae – that was double coverage, y'all. Usually right. you're like, hey, yo, like find somebody else. <laughs> he feels comfortable about his guys. Getting A.J. Brown instilled a lot of confidence yeah. in him as well. But Jalen Hurts no longer needs to be absolutely sure right. that the play is going to be made. He's trusting his guys now. Hey, guys, you heard what Darius Slade Jr. said. We got Batmans out there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they got, they got Michael Keaton. They got Christian Bale. They'll have Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck was terrible. He was hard. They got the new guy, though, from Twilight. They got all the Batmans. Rob, and when you look uh, at this team, who Twilight? are you going to Rob stop? Oh, you you have Watkins, right, who's a deep ball guy. A.J. Brown, the big body, 50-50 ball catcher, run after catch. Devontae Smith, the catch radius, the hops, the hands, all those things. Then Dallas Goddard in the middle working the yeah. scene. And also a plethora of backs that can yeah. run it. And a quarterback and an offensive line that's absolutely phenomenal. No doubt. Planning for this team is a nightmare because they mm. can just pick matchups. It's like a five-on-five basketball game. Mm-hmm. KD, you got it. Go ahead. Kyrie, you got it. Go ahead. And you got to pick your poison, and that poison is deadly. That's Ooh. why they remind me of the 2021 Rams on offense, where mm. empty is their foundation. Right now in empty, he's 14 to 16 passing. Now, first of all, RC, like, I got the double slants up top. They're comboing the inside receiver. Jalen Hurts is like, all right, AJ, you just run the slant on the outside. As long as that outsider, that slot defender carries on the outside right now, like, I love this ball placement. It's one-on-one, big body, back shoulder. Well, if you want to play us in straight up, man, Devontae Smith at the bottom of the screen in the slot, here comes the shallow cross. But you got to have a teammate that could beat that route as well. Get in the way of the defender, one jab, make, don't make contact. That's a five-yard throw that goes 30-plus yards. 
Now if you're going to say, well, we're going to cover everybody. Jalen Hurts has the ability to go, well, if you guys want to do this, here comes quarterback draw with their right. wide defensive line. Now, Jason Kelsey's going to miss this block in a safety. But, y'all, he ain't going to miss that often now. Right. And that's the dangerous. Uh, the way I put it is you got to be big enough. you got to be skilled enough. You got to be strong enough. You got to be fast enough to play them in empty. Big enough to cover AJ one on one. You got to be skilled enough to cover Devontae one on one. You got to be strong enough to cover Dallas one on one. And then you got to be fast enough to cover Quez Watkins one on one. Not a lot of defense in the league. That's not a lot of defense in the league that can do that. Jalen Hurts. Yeah, well, because you were there. Jalen Hurts is the first player in NFL history, guys, to record at least 900 passing yards and 100 rushing yards through his team's first. They're empty personnel. He is the 11th ranked offense in the entire league by himself. himself. I'll be fascinated to see how defenses choose to try and play them yeah. moving the forward. Philadelphia Hurts is – We got to give Sirianni some credit. credit yeah, we do. Like, yeah. He's he doing a good totally. job, man. I like how uh, RC just, like, dunked on me with that other stat. That was great. Let's go to uh, this week nice as Hurts and the Eagles will face <laughs> Lawrence in a Jacks offense that has been rolling so the last two weeks. Lawrence has completed 77% of his passes over the last couple weeks, best in the NFL. He's thrown five touchdowns without yeah. an interception and ranks second in QBR. RC, why the huge leap for Lawrence this year? Chicago Bears, pay attention to this. When you have a very good, young, talented quarterback, you might want to put people around him. No, You you look at what they did, right? You go from having Urban Meyer as a head coach to getting a true professional head coach and Doug Peterson, who we watched tutor Carson Wentz in his young career. You also add Christian Kirk, and it felt like maybe you overpaid for him, but this is a connection that's becoming one of the best in the slot in the entire league. And then there's Zay Jones on the outside, Marvin Jones on the outside, and then you look in the backfield, a two-headed monster in Robinson and ATN. They built around this young man, and we knew he was ultimately talented, and he's always been elite from a skill set. But now we're getting to see him utilize that because of what they put around him. I think the most important word you just said is utilize, right? This is what Doug Peterson did in Jacksonville. He identified where they were above average to really good, and he's leaning into that. Christian Kirk, to your point, in the slot. But the lines of scrimmage for the Ooh, Jacksonville Jaguars is going to travel. Like, that is going to travel. And I was watching this offensive line fire off, and it reminded me of the Tennessee Titans. James, James Robinson, it, it reminded me of the Tennessee Titans that we talked wow. about when Derrick yeah. Henry. It's, it's dual double teams in the heart of the line of scrimmage. Guys, look, everybody at home, you got to understand, we are not – when you, RC, you played, Dan, when you played – we were able to practice this. Yes. It was a drill called nine on seven. Worst drill in the where world. We, uh, worst drill in the world. <laughs> where we were able to practice this. Now teams are not practicing taking on double teams yeah. week in yeah. and week yeah. out. So that physicality that they're bringing and Doug Peterson adding, Trevor Lawrence moving around, Etienne, James tell Robinson. Tell the people what nine on seven is. Real nine quick, on though. seven is just nine on defense, seven guys on offense. Strictly and run game. Strictly run game, and it's physical. It ain't it's nothing that's about it. Double yeah, exactly. teams. Yeah. Uh, Dan, you, you heard R.C. mention the defense a little bit. How is this Jags defense making it difficult on opposing offenses every week? Part of the support is getting a better roster, football team yeah. around them. Mm-hmm. Two things stand out. Number one, they change the line of scrimmage often. Mm-hmm. So as a play caller, you're saying they're going to want to run the football. Our dudes are getting whooped at the line of scrimmage. This is them changing. You want to try to do that as an offensive unit. Right. They're changing that line of scrimmage on a consistent basis. The second thing is desires without expose. You know, oftentimes when you get in these defenses, that's how you hesitate as a quarterback right there for Justin Herbert. You get these defenses that are crazy exotic and chaotic. Chaotic. Well, they expose some part of their defense that you sit there and go, I can get you. You might get me once, but I'm going to get you back. They don't. They do a really good job of disguising without exposing a person 
or a scheme in their yeah. defense. The Jaguars lead the NFL with a plus seven turnover margin this season. Hey, y'all, the Jags well. are good. They're good. They're they good. Are. Okay, are good. up next, C.D. Lamb's fourth quarter drive impressed everyone, even the best to ever wear number 88 in Dallas, the playmaker. You want to talk about a playmaker? That's a playmaker. He made the play. And then the one-handed stab for the grab of the touchdown on the go-ahead. It's what playmakers do. It's what 88 do. Uh, <laughs> they, they, they had no AC in the studio. <laughs> Y'all say, say I'd be too wild. Yeah, no, was we never said that. CD Lamb wasn't dressed we sweat like that. Wild. No, he was playing. <laughs> he was in the game. <laughs> Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. It's time for Dan and RC. I'm in my zone. This is actually my favorite day that we've ever done this. Kevin Byard may have picked off Dan's two favorite quarterbacks in the last two weeks. Thought we were close, so DBs like you can't put hands on me at the line of scrimmage. I don't know what the hell they're playing. <laughs> he's actually where he's not, not supposed, supposed to be. be. Condensed splits, big posts, tutties. This what they wanted. This what they get. I'm in my zone. Hey, listen, when you wear 88 for the Dallas Cowboys, you have to be the man. You are wide receiver one. And this is C.D. Lamb's opportunity to step up with Amari Cooper being gone. And last night it was on full display. There was a drop early, but this is the anatomy of a number one wide receiver. The playmaker called it the C.D. Lamb drive. This is important. So, fourth and four, I'm playing against Wink Martindale, the defensive coordinator for the Giants. I know pressure's coming. So, what I want to call is a play that's going to give me multiple options, R.C. Number one, okay, tight end. I want you to be the crossing guy. Number two, we're going to call this a chair route, where I want you to be the chair, one, short in, two, and then the crosser, okay? Right. This is seated in the slot right now. Now, the thing that stands out to me, RC, is this. I got what we call a capped slot. Yep. This slot defender playing RC right here, why is that safety basically standing right behind yeah. him at 10 yards. That's an alert well, my, my biggest problem is this. First of all, he's trying to disguise, but he's not by capping Darnay Holmes right away. The other part is, at the safety in the middle, you can't be sliding over because now Cooper Rush understands he's getting a blitz. And Darnay Holmes, why are we looking in the backfield? See, RC, that's gonna... a big tell to me. Right, right. You know, if I'm looking here and I'm thinking man coverage, you should be looking at your guy, exactly. not me. So when this pressure comes, I love the fact that CeeDee Lamb is so aware, RC. You're going to see the pressure come, come off the slot because he's staring at me. Now look at this. This is great by CeeDee Lamb. I drew everybody at home. He's running that short in, right? right? He sees that defender dropping. Don't well, here's, go run him. Here's the other problem, though. See, this line is not on the field, right? We don't get to see this. This is the sticks. There's no reason to disguise so much that you can't take care of your responsibility. I actually don't care if they know that I'm coming and that I'm going to
want to be on CeeDee Lamb. What I don't want is this type of space that allows a bang-bang play where he can make the first down. That's a great job by CeeDee Lamb, seeing what's going on on the inside and making sure we get the first down. Now I need a chunk. Now oftentimes chunks are to three levels where we'll go post, we'll go sail, and some kind of flat route. Well, Kellen Moore is going to change it up. First of all, I want to take Tony Pollard and That's my problem. But that's the problem, right? As soon as Tony Pollard starts to move, someone that is that explosive, such a good player, it's going to attract attention. It's going to attract Darnay Holmes. It's also going to attract exactly what I want. Right. That's exactly what I want because I want to put him in motion knowing that you're looking at him. And instead of me creating that three-level throw, obviously, I'm going to bluff out here. I'm going to send the bubble. And then here comes this post. So post on the outside, bluff rail, and then that back in the flat, I've created right. that three-level all over listen again. Listen to the rail, right? This guy is curl flat and curl flat. You're going to expand when he comes to the flat. And then you're going to take two through the zone, but you can't do that because we're going up right now to try to get uh, Pollard in the, in the post. That's a beautiful I mean, job though. of taking advantage of those guys on defense. Yeah. Ball comes out. There's that three-level throw. I got right. protection. And then I get down to that one-yard line. Really listen, good. It's, it's very hard to scout a number one wide receiver. You don't necessarily know if people have what it takes. But I'm going to take you back to April of no. 2020. And it was April of 2020 where I knew that CeeDee Lamb was going to be one of the best in the league. Okay, this is the draft day party this for CeeDee This is CD the draft Lamb. day party. Now look, right here, look at the eyes and the poise of the eyes. Watch his eyes. He's looking down while keeping focus on the phone, understanding that I still have a conversation to take. Now as the phone goes, boom, the phone is gone. Bam, look how I take it. I, now, my peripherals, I'm seeing the phone with my left eye, right? I grab it with my left hand while still having the right one here. So whoever I'm on the phone with, they do not not know that I'm going. All while I'm doing it with poise, knowing that cameras are there, knowing that there's so much that can be seen. My mama is sitting next to me. You gonna do this in front of my moms? No, you are not. And so what happens is when you see these type of things, you realize it's not about the poise. It's not about the eyes. It was the left hand. It was the left hand of God that Jerry Jones once knew this 88 could be as good as the 88s we had seen once before. And listen, we've been critical of CeeDee Lamb. You gotta be the number one guy. This is Des Bryant, yep. for DX. We gotta have you go be a game winner. I need you to go make that big time catch. I'm gonna put you by yourself. And I know Mina Kime loves and hates the goal line fade. But you only throw First goal line is this. fades. This Ooh. is the problem. Check this out. I wanted to pause it here. He reaches with his right hand. Right here, you see a Dory Jackson reaches with his right hand, which allows a sweep and a swim through. If he doesn't replace right now with the left, there's separation created. That's a beautiful job by him of keeping that separation from a Dory Jackson. You know what that is, RC? That is the legendary left hand <laughs> of God. Not only will that hand save your bat phone, that hand will also save games. C.D. Lamb, we knew you were legendary three years ago. Now we see it on Monday Night Football. Man, that's what we call scouting right there. Scouted that out before we could have even known why it would matter. All right, let's get to Dan Lyons, who lost by four points to the Vikings thanks to a last-minute rally. Either way, Lyons putting up some great numbers offensively, averaging 32 points per game. But, Marcus, why haven't all those points added yeah. up to wins? Yeah, I, I think this, this is the psychological part of football, right? You hear a lot of people use the term know how to win, yeah. finish games. And sometimes you have the capacity when you're a team that's not used to winning a lot of games to think that you need to protect, protect, protect when you get in a position and you're a, you have a lead when you're ahead. 
aggressive. Stay aggressive, Detroit Lions, late in games. Continue to keep your foot on the gas. And I know that Dan Campbell comes on television, a lot of energy. He loves this team. These guys are playing great. But now it's time for the Detroit Lions to learn how to finish and win these games. They were having a phenomenal game against the Minnesota Vikings. And late in that game, you can start to see them kind of cre creep in. Kirk Cousins made a couple throws. They get in the end zone. And then you start seeing Detroit press and kind of become stagnant. Stay aggressive at the end of these games. Go take your wins and don't try to preserve them. And I think once you get to that point, that's a team that knows how to win. Sunday was the Lions' seventh loss by four or fewer points since the start of last season. That's the most in the NFL. They're so close. They They're going to get They're there. Close. Okay, still to come on NFL Live with the Raiders starting off 0-3. There's some concern in Vegas. Dan is going to try to explain what's going on with Devontae Adams and the Raiders' offensive the game plan. The left hand God. <laughs> <laughs> The Raiders are a playoff caliber football team. This is an offensive coordinator's dream. Looking right. Carr climbs the pocket. Hit. Grab. And he has dropped. The ball is out. And the Chargers have it. He's hitting the ball. ball again. Fumbled again. It's Murphy down the far sideline. And the Raiders lose at home in devastating fashion. Gordon headed away. The game is over. The Raiders lose. They're the only winless team left. Yeah, they are, and all three of their losses have been by six or fewer points. A factor in those close losses has been the lack of connection between Derek Carr and Devontae Adams late in games. Adams only has two receptions for a total of 15 yards in the fourth quarter and overtime huh? this season. I know, you'd think that could put him over the over. edge. Here's what Adams had to say Damn. after the Raiders' loss on Sunday. Frustrated and angry. Expect more. And I mean, it's, it's not easy to win in this league, so we know that, and we, you know, nobody's naive to the fact that it's, it's not, nobody's just going to lay down and just give you a victory, but at the end of the day, we, we expect more, and we will we'll, we'll do it better as we move forward. RC, we heard your voice there at the beginning of the segment saying this offense should be an offensive coordinator's dream. And as we we're just listening to that, you're like, I was wrong. I was wrong. Are you surprised, though, with the lack of connection between Derek Carr and Devontae Adams? I'm, I'm absolutely surprised because we saw it in week one. In week one, it was instantaneous. We were like, oh, this is what it's supposed to be like. This is best friends playing together, people who understand the idiosyncrasies of what they both do. Yeah. And we haven't seen that in the last two games. And my thing is this. When you throw it to him, he wins. He basically <laughs> right. wins all the time. Most of the time, if Devontae doesn't catch it, it's because you threw it bad. And then when you have that type of player on your team and you don't utilize him, especially seeing that stat about what's going on late in the mm. game for Devontae Adams, that's something that can't happen and something that Josh McDaniels has to figure out. Because since the first game, it almost seems like he doesn't want people to say to him, you know what, you're targeting Devontae more than everybody else. We don't want you doing that. All right, so the tape always – or the defense always tells you where to throw the ball. The tape tells me that it looks like Derek Carr's purposefully trying not to throw the ball to Devontae Adams. To it feels that way. Wow. Okay, look at this. This is a deep hook by Devontae Adams, and what you get is cover two up top. Now, everything is off this hook defender. If he goes with the wheel route, throw it to Devontae. Mm. He went with the real route. Devontae's wide open. <coughs> That's exactly where the ball should go. Not only it's Devontae Adams, but he doesn't throw it to him. All right, maybe right. it's only one clip. Down at the bottom, I have a curl flat. Number one defense that this place stinks against is cover two. Cover That's two. why you have somebody that yeah, sits over the top of the ball. This is cover two at the bottom of the screen. That play at the bottom is dead. Devontae is not only the guy you want to throw to, but that's the person because of what the defense is that you should throw the ball to. 
Now down in the red zone. Devontae's going to run a quick fade versus inside leverage two-man. Cut the split because I got space on purpose. The safety really doesn't matter. He wins off the line of scrimmage. I watched Aaron Rodgers throw that ball to Devontae a thousand <laughs> yes, times yes. against San Francisco last year. But he's not even looking over there on third and eight down in the red zone. Yeah. He cut the split for a reason. That's only three clips because it's television. There's like six of them right. where the defense tells you because of what the, the, the scheme is on not offense. Not the guy. The defense. Let's pretend they're X's and O's. They yep. don't have any reputation or name. The ball should go there because the defense, that's the worst play I can have given what my scheme is right. defensively. Right. The ball should go there. And it's Devontae Adams, and he's not even looking over there like six or seven times. Honest yeah. to God. Yeah. That's what's weird about it. Let's spin it ahead, Marcus. This team's already 0-3 in a tough division. They've got the Broncos this week. They have the Chiefs the week after that. Is there any reason for hope right now with these Raiders? Well, damn, based off what Ryan, R.C., and Dan just said, I'm about to sound dumb as hell. Um, no, 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 I, I do believe it. I do believe it. And, and, a, and a big part of it is pointing those things out. And then what you would hope in self-scouting, mm-hmm. Dio, is that watching that film for them, he said, yeah, I missed you. Mm. I missed you too much, right? right. And then the other part is you lean into veteran presence when you have things like this going on. We were supposed to be one way, but this is actually who we are. They got a good locker room for that. What we actually are is an 0-3 football team. And you guys remember last year, I sat here and and talked about Derek Carr's leadership in the midst of everything that transpired in Las Vegas. I just have to believe that as much film study as we put in, as much self-scouting as good teams do and good players, these dudes are sitting there saying, yeah, we missing too many things. Swag, how much of this is on the head guy, though? That's where I'm going, bro. Josh McDaniels gets lauded for the type of offensive coordinator he was in New England. We talked about it this year. They seem to miss him. They miss Josh McDaniels. The head coaching part, though, is different. You're not supposed to be 0-3 with this team. I agree. Yeah. That's really what it boils down to. Yeah. Fortunately for them, the AFC West ain't what we thought it was going to be Every other, yeah. the, the teams that have beaten them have only won that game. That though. game. Right. Yeah. That game. That's, Dan, yeah. Dan, quickly, did quarterbacks really get in their feelings like this? We're like, oh, maybe I targeted you too much oh, last week. Oh, for sure. Yeah, for yeah. sure, because you're the guy who has the ball. You're the guy who has the ball every play. But <laughs> I remember, like, when we had Calvin, there would be plays where Calvin would have a hitch route versus cover two corner, and you'd be like, that play's dead, and our coach would be like, just throw it to Calvin. You know, I think <laughs> <laughs> and I would. That's There's a usually, little bit of that that right. should be like, yeah. hey, man, but yeah. just throw it to Devontae. Yeah. We'll find a, a way to make a play. That's where him and Aaron had that connection. Decent strategy. Okay, time for one more thing before we go. The Pro Bowl changing format to a skills competition this season. Peyton Manning and his production company are involved in the redesign. Uh, they're going to start spitballing some ideas, and they began on Manning Cast last night. Pro Bowl is changing up this year. We're going to flag football for the Pro Bowl. The participation from a lot of players has been down. People didn't want to play in a real football game. We're going to make it fun. Flag football, lots of skills, challenges. All ideas are on the table. We might have some beer chugging contest, hot dog eating by offensive linemen. We'll take suggestions. Hate much, but I do hate an eating contest. Like I'm I not with that. Hot dogs either. on the grill or boiled in the, in the pot. I grill. think you gotta boil them. I'm not trying to see how many weenies grill. I can put in my mouth.